Hey friend, so excited for this Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Michelle Florendo. A few months ago, a friend asked me how I make decisions. In that conversation, he said, wow, these are some really interesting ideas. I then gave him a follow-on resource that was Michelle's work. Michelle is a podcast host of the show called Ask a Decision Engineer, which can be found at askadecisionengineer.com, which is how we met through the podcasting fellowship. Michelle is a career and executive coach for type A professionals. She has a bachelor's degree from Stanford and an MBA from UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business, where she has led workshops, and she's also guest taught at Stanford's famous Design Your Life course. Decision-making is fundamental for your life and career, and so I was so honored and excited to have Michelle on the show for you. We talk about how to improve your decision-making, what emotions behind them could be telling you, and finding fulfillment in your work, and so much more. As always, this episode with timestamp notes can be found on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. Really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Michelle. Cool. Welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Nabinski, is here with Michelle Florendo. How's it going, Michelle? Going great. Wonderful. So I'm here in New York and you're in California, Michelle, but if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you uh, typically introduce yourself? If we were to go to an event, I'd probably say, hi, my name is Michelle Florendo. I'm a personal and executive coach for type A professionals and a decision-making expert. Although that last part I will say is um, it's something that people tell me I am and I'm only just now owning, oh, okay, I guess I am the person that people go to when struggling with decisions. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I would, uh, that's why I would love to talk to you just a little bit more about this decision-making and how people started to come to you for it. And um, it's really interesting as I was having a conversation with a friend who said, David, how do you, how do you make decisions? And I kind of was thinking about it a little bit more. And then um, your work kind of came up and I was like, well, I know Michelle and she has this podcast and this work. And um, so I want to say thank you for that. And um, so maybe I'd love to, I know you have a, like a 10 page kind of guide on your website. I just would love to learn just a little high level how you kind of think about decision engineering, decision making, and maybe we can talk about some details in a little bit. Yeah. And so I guess I'll provide a little bit of context because I guess I also do identify as a decision engineer, but most people are thinking like, wait, what, what does that mean? I know what engineering is, but decision engineering, that's a thing. And so if you think about it, engineering is usually the the systems behind building something, chemical engineering, you know, using chemicals to build things, chemical engineering, you know, how is it they use mechanics to build something? So decision engineering is, you know, how is it that you build and optimize decisions? And what I find is interesting is that there's a lot of really useful frameworks that I had learned while studying decision engineering at Stanford that I think would be so useful for everyone to learn. And uh, what I found is that even though decisions are something that we have to make every single day and sometimes we're faced with really big ones, most people have never been taught an actual process for it, right? 
Um, and so usually the, the first piece that I'll put out there from my background in decision-making is that every decision has three parts. There's always, what are the objectives? What is it that you want in the outcome, right? What are your options? What are the various things that you're choosing among? And what is the information you have on how each of those options might deliver on the various objectives you're trying to meet? And so at an elementary level, I think it's useful to break down decisions in that way. Okay. And so that's options, objectives, and what is your information? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see it be pretty interesting as you, if you introduce yourself to somebody and say, I help you make decisions and <laughs> they're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as a coach, when you are helping people um, kind of navigate their careers um, and type A people, what do you think is the part that they usually kind of struggle with in, in that? And how do you kind of unblock them? Yeah. I mean, what I find with the the particular types of clientele I work with, because they're the go-getter type, they're used to doing a lot and doing well at whatever they're doing, they tend to have a lot of options. Uh, but where things get sticky is when they may have been making decisions in life according to a certain set of objectives, and then suddenly they realize maybe those objectives weren't actually their own. So I see a lot of people who may enter the workforce and will build this career trying to optimize prestige or advancement or just how much money they're making, that type of thing, right? And then at some point in time, they realize, wait a minute, are those the things that I actually want? And then, and then it becomes time to reevaluate, are these the objectives that I really want to be pursuing? And so, so it's... A lot of times it's helping them have a little bit more f- fulfillment and purpose maybe to their work. Yeah, but also helping them unpack, well, what does that look like? What actually leads to fulfillment? Because I think, especially in, so I live in the Bay Area. And so uh, living in the middle of the tech sector, there's a lot of just like, go, 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 fast, fast, fast. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I actually was doing a decision analysis session with someone who was trying to decide do I want to start my own thing? Or is that because I live in this space and everyone around me and all of my peers are trying to be entrepreneurs? Is the nature of that work really something that I would thrive in? And he was at that questioning phase of, you know, are these things that I'm pursuing actually aligned with what would fulfill me or not? And, and how, did, how did the rest of that conversation go? Well, I think it's interesting because I I started asking him those questions around, well, you know, what is it that you find fulfilling or, um, and he, he mentioned that he had never really thought. And so I recommended, well, you know, maybe you should tune into that. And he asked a really interesting question. He said, well, when, when do I know that the voice that I'm hearing internally is the one to listen to? And I asked him, well, when is it that you feel most like yourself? Mm-hmm. Most like yourself. And uh, another thing that I kind of reading through your, um, your guide was really interesting of like writing down the decisions and the ideas that you're working through. And um, I thought it was really interesting of like putting decisions next to themselves that maybe not always be as urgent, but 
have people think that they are urgent and then making an action plan from that. Um, Cause it seems like sometimes whenever I make decisions and I think most people are like this, it's like only when there's a deadline and, mm. and then you start to make a decision or I have to do this now. Um, but through when I was looking into some of your work, it was really interesting of like the more, the sooner and sooner that you can take all of the potential decisions and put them next to each other and break them down the, the different ways that you mentioned um, makes it a little bit easier and you have more information and data behind it. Um, do you find that that's an area that some of your clients kind of struggle with as well? Yeah. So if you think about how it is that we raise children, and this is super top of mind for me because yeah, I just had a baby. She's my second. I have a toddler who just started preschool. We, we go through school and there's a charted path. It's like, okay, you go to preschool, then you go to kindergarten, then first grade, second grade, all the way up to 12th grade. And then I, I feel like a big thing in society right now is also to go to college for a lot of people. And so people just do the things um, without actively being prompted to make decision, like intentional decisions to do whatever it is that they're doing. And then in college, we ask these, you know, young people on the brink of adulthood to make big decisions about what they want to do next. And it can become a, an existential crisis because we haven't had practice in being intentional around the decisions we make about what we do. And um, there is this tendency of just kind of going on autopilot. Let me just like do all the steps I need to do to get to whatever destination without having uh, people do that introspective work around, well, what are my objectives? What options can I actually take advantage of given where I'm at? What information do I have or not have? And what do I need to do to get the amount of information I need to be comfortable to make a decision? And so I think just even pausing and prompting people to think about those pieces can help them achieve a lot more clarity in how they're going to move forward. Yeah. So true about to be more intentional and making more decisions. I mean, we make, you know, hundreds of decisions a day, but we probably don't even really think about that as much. I, I definitely am trying to minimize the decisions I need to make around like my wardrobe, but for other decisions, there are some that are worth taking time with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, going back to fulfillment, I thought it was really interesting. And this is one of the reasons, um, how we became friends was through podcasting. And um, I love your podcast in terms of kind of like the origin story behind your podcast a little bit in terms of wanting to share, create a legacy and that speech that you attended um, or kind of like what, what do you want your legacy to be like when you're 80 years old? Um, yeah. Do you, uh, and maybe provide a little bit of context to that um, for listeners in terms of how that was helpful for you to make kind of some of your decisions. Hmm. Uh, you mean in terms of like arriving at, can you clarify what the question is? Yeah. 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 So I thought it was really interesting that some of the, some of the ideas behind or inspiration behind some of your podcasts was, kind of creating a legacy. And I think it was like the first episode um, talked about how you were at an event and how 
um, Jeff, the CEO of LinkedIn, mentioned write down what you want your your life to be like. And um, I think I, I listened and heard of like you want to help people kind of be empowered to make decisions and to be more comfortable about the decisions that they're making. And therefore, that's why you started this podcast and and maybe some other reasons. But um, do you feel like that kind of teaching others and and giving back and helping others, do you think that that is related to helping people always try to look for to find fulfillment in their work and um, kind of going back to like that whole, some of the clients that you work with of the go, go, go Silicon Valley type? Yeah. And so if um, it sounds like you're asking a little bit more about that, why? Yeah. And like why I, I do this. And actually what I think is interesting, I don't know if I mentioned it in that first episode, is that when I was a kid, and I love that this was actually the first question that they ask at the podcast fellowships, what is it that you wanted to be when you grow up? Right. And I remember very vividly what I wanted to be when I was growing up um, was a teacher. And I think what was behind that was I I was very much drawn to wanting to be able to help others do whatever it is that they felt like they were, they were here to do in the world. And there's a long story behind why I didn't end up going into K-12 education as a teacher. And that can be a story for another time. Um, but it's that, it was that desire that I had had even as a kid that prompted me to actually start paying attention to, well, how is it that I might use this field that I had studied to help people? Because after undergrad, I went and became a management consultant. So I was using decision engineering, but to help companies make the best decisions for them, which was okay and interesting, but not as fulfilling. Right? Uh, and I think it wasn't until I realized I no longer wanted to stay in management consulting. And I had this huge existential crisis of what am I going to do? Because up until that point, I had just done all the things. Like my, my parents are immigrants. I grew up with that whole story about, okay, the path to success is to work hard, go to as best school as you can, get a good job, and you're set. And I did all those things, and that yet I hadn't arrived at a place where I was fulfilled or happy. And in the midst of feeling super lost and also feeling like a failure, or I think there was this shame around, you know, I had done these things and I had a great quote unquote, great job, but I wasn't happy. I was like, how, how did I not see this? How did I not figure this out earlier? So I didn't even want to talk to people about how unhappy I was. I just put on a mask for a little while until it was, it was hard not to hide it. And I remember talking to a mentor and uh, they had said, okay, wait a minute, hold on. So Michelle, you, you studied decision engineering at Stanford and you help companies make the best decisions for themselves. Why not use those same principles to help you make the best decision for you? And it was at that point in time, you know, sometimes we need someone else to say something that mm -hmm. was completely under our nose the entire time. And so my mind went, oh, right. And it was at that point in time that I looked at what are the ways in which I could use some of these frameworks to help me through my own decision process. And as some of my peers saw me make this transition into more fulfilling work, uh, 
they asked me, well how, well, how did you figure things out? And so it was through that practice of being able to help people through decisions that I started realizing, wow, this can be a really great tool to share with others. Hmm. And when was that? That, that little kind of like epiphany was probably maybe like 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Really grateful for that breakthrough. And I'm sure a, a lot of your, your clients and, um, are as well. Um, so going back to this idea of making decisions more empowering, um, could you maybe provide some examples and I'll link it in, into the show notes about the guide that's on your website. Um, and mm-hmm. then I'd also encourage people to listen to your podcast of how you kind of work through um, some of your clients on air, which is amazing. Um, maybe talk to us a little bit more about the guide and, and some some areas that are in it. I think one question, actually two, is like, what is the decision? What is the decision problem statement? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe talk to us about that and and how that could be helpful for people that are trying to navigate what's next or add on to yeah. their existing portfolio of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I created that guide is because I saw that, you know, when we're clear about decisions that we we're going to make, and, you know, decisions are really just us exercising our agency in the world saying like, I'm going to do this. Um, And that can be such a powerful thing, right? Like I, I truly believe that when you get to a point where you see decisions as empowering, it's because you can see that you can use decisions to create the world that you want to be in. And yet, oftentimes, when I talk about decision making, or if I just mention decisions to people, there's this visceral reaction, like this tension, or this like, ah, uh, and and in exploring what's been at the root of that, it seems like there's a lot of emotions that get wrapped up in decisions. Like a lot of, uh, like people have told me that you know it prompts either anxiety or confusion or fear, or fear of doing the wrong thing, um, overwhelm, and and then especially with my clientele who tend to be like type A and also super analytical folks there, there becomes this like oscillation between like, well, let me just be fully rational about it. But it's hard to be completely rational because when we're making decisions about ourselves and our lives, we're human. Emotions are what make us human. And so, and then they'll like feel the emotion and then they'll try to push it away and then they'll feel it. And then it just becomes this muddle. And so I created the guide as a a way of helping people untangle all this stuff that might be running through our heads or like that we're feeling in our bodies and to put it somewhere where we can look at it and start untangling what's going on so that by identifying the different things that we're feeling or thinking, we can start to organize, okay, well, you know, what, what is this thought telling me about what matters to me and what my objectives are? You know, what is, um, what is this telling me about what options I have? You know, what are these, these feelings I have and what do I do with it around uncertainty? And, uh, and sometimes, 
even before we know what the decision is, we'll just feel all the feelings and get really stuck. And so that's why the first question is usually, well, what is it that you think the decision is that you need to make? Because sometimes people will feel a whole lot of stuff uh, about a decision that isn't even going to come up for like nine months from now. And so I'll bring them back to, well, what is the decision you need to make right now? And it might be, oh, actually, how is it that I want to spend my time so that I have more information nine months from now when I actually need to make a decision? Interesting. Yeah, the emotion part is, that's the hardest part. So, so, so it seems like you're putting data and insights behind emotion a little bit or helping people at least think about it that way. Is that right? Yeah, because I think sometimes we'll, we'll experience what are sometimes categorized as negative emotions like fear or overwhelm and think it's a bad thing and then we'll shut down or we'll try to ignore it. But it can be so much more useful to see the emotions as potential data points. Because if we see it as data, then we're more willing to explore, well, what's at the root of that? And what is that telling me about what's happening here? Like, is this fear really, um, if I'd lean into it, is it really going to protect me? Or is this fear just protecting my past self and keeping me from doing the things that I really want to do? Hmm. So maybe the way that we were making decisions in the past may not be the best way to look at decisions today. Yeah, or at least it's it's useful to to examine whether because one th- one of the things that I often see is that maybe people get into the habit of making decisions with a certain set of objectives but forget that maybe at this point in time those are no longer the objectives that they're trying to pursue. Mhm. All right, Michelle, is there I definitely want people to check out your podcast and your website and the guide that we talked about. Um, is there anything else in, about kind of portfolio career, people working on projects, decision-making that you think might be useful? Um, anything else that you don't think that we got to talk about? Well, I think what I love about this idea of a portfolio career is that it allows people to flesh out two of those areas of decision-making right? Like, so in in the introspection piece, you can start getting in touch with what are your objectives. Um, But by by working on different projects or thinking about your career as a portfolio, one, it allows you to get more information faster, usually. And so um, I do some work with the Life Design Lab at Stanford. And one of the things they're big on is being able to build prototypes. Like, how can you build a prototype of the next step you want to embark on or the prototype of the life that you want to be leading next to really test out like, will this work or, you know, kind of work out the kinks, right? And so I think being able to work on different projects or being willing to think about your career in that way helps with information gathering. And then also, I think that approaching your career as like a portfolio also enables you to build skills in a way that helps you create options that may not have been uh, may not have been available to you before or even create options that you know, most people would not have thought of at first and so in that way by improving the set of options you have to choose among 
and the rate at which you can gather information on what might be a good fit, people are more likely to be able to decide to take a path that's really aligned with what they want, which I think is what many of us are just trying to get to. Yeah. Fascinating. Taking options, building skills, seeing where, seeing where, see, seeing where things go and prototyping along the way. Okay. And so what are some ways that, um, as I, I think I mentioned the podcast and your website, um, is there any other ways that people can follow up and um, support some of your efforts, Michelle? I think you already mentioned that they can check out askadecisionengineer.com for the podcast. And then also on my coaching website, michelleflorendo.com, there's that guide. Uh, but often if they're, if they're into social media, LinkedIn tends to be the place where I live and post updates. And so if they want to see anything recent from me, they can follow me there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Yep. Likewise. Hey, friend. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. I'm really excited for you to learn from this episode and would love to hear any thoughts from you and continue the conversation where I post this episode on many different social channels. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast for my weekly portfolio career podcast show and really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.